Well, hey there, Converge Nation. Thank you so much for joining us for another Converge online worship experience. Actually, we're calling it Converge at Home. And uh, thank you so much for opening your hearts and your home to us this morning. We're joined by some very special guests this morning, and we'll tell you a little bit about why, why they're here uh, shortly. But uh, we'd like to say thank you for joining us for week three of our sermon series, Supreme. Uh, we're in the book of Colossians, and Colossians is Paul's letter to the church at Colossae, where he's addressing some very specific issues in the church at Colossae. Beyond just uh, studying uh, this epistle, this letter to the church at, at Colossae from a sort of a, a historical vantage point, we wanted to bring it forward into our lives and see how we can take the truths and the principles we find in this letter and apply them to right where we are today. And that's really why our guests are joining us this morning. Uh, the last week, the events of the last week have been um, overwhelming, uh, to say the least. And we really felt, Pastor Wendy and I, that this was an opportunity for us to have a Christ-centered conversation about everything people are experiencing uh, in America today. The full spectrum of emotion, uh, some feeling anger, uh, some uh, feeling anxiety, some feeling fear, some feeling disappointment. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we just wanted to have an honest, authentic, organic conversation. None of this is scripted, uh, uh, and everyone at the table today is just going to speak from their hearts. Uh, what we do want to do uh, today is provide a Christ-centered response. We want to ask ourselves what the scripture says about what our response should be in these tumultuous times. And uh, in all we do today, we want to point uh, our hearts once again uh, to Jesus and really exalt and embrace Jesus over everything. So let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. Why don't you tell us your name and uh, a little bit about yourself? Hello, my name is Damon uh, Denson. Um, you know, I, I serve uh, here at Converge Church. I uh, love Jesus. Um, uh, former athlete. Uh, uh, wow. Um, happily married almost 22 years. Uh, my better half. I uh, love you, baby. <laughs> there, she, she couldn't make it. I love you, Camille, so much. And uh, uh, just excited to be here. Awesome. Good to have you. Yeah. Hi there. Um, my name is Xiomara Lopez Diaz. I'm married to this handsome guy here. Um, originally from New York, uh, Puerto Rican parents. I uh, lived in Florida for like 14 years. We moved here two years ago. Uh, we have uh, been with Converge for two years, but we visited y'all prior. Um, and we're super nervous, but excited to be here. Amen. Well, it's good to have you. Good to have you. Uh, Theodore Diaz. Um, well, <laughs> um, born and raised in the Bronx and uh, New York Rican. Uh, two wonderful kids. I like that. New York Rican. Yeah. <laughs> two nice. wonderful kids that are way better than. It was like, uh, what do you call it? Like when you put two things together and it yeah. comes out better than yeah. each individually <laughs> added together. So, yeah. Yeah, That's wonderful. Right. So, yeah. fantastic. We're so glad you're with us today, yeah. Teddy and Ziomara. Uh, Brian White. Um, how long have we been members at? I was just thinking that close to five years, probably. Five wow. years. Amazing. Yeah. With Converge. You're having fun. Absolutely. Um, we have a three year old daughter, Ava. And we live in Prosper, Texas. Mm -hmm. 
and she's the talker in the family, so we'll let her take it from here. <laughs> I was just going to pick up anything you left out, but um, Cassie White, I'm from the Carrollton area, so local, Texan all my life, um, and like you said, we've been at Converge for, um, I think, four or five years, so time has flown by. It's been a huge blessing for us. Um, I consider us maybe, not to label it, maybe de-churched. Um, when we met, we were both Christian. We knew that. We wanted to find a church. We had tried. We did the big church thing, the in-between, so um, finding the Shops of Legacy Converge Church was has just been a life change for us, so we're happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're glad to have you as part of the Converge family that's becoming Converge Nation. Amen. And uh, Pastor Wendy, why don't you greet the people and uh, we'll dive into the word this morning. Greetings, people. <laughs> we are so thankful that you would Amen. join us this morning. Uh, no matter what your week was, we've been praying for you. Uh, we've been praying for our nation. We've been praying for just everybody that we know. And so you may just be scrolling through Facebook and just stumble upon this right here. But just know we are lifting you up. You are not alone. Mm -hmm. You may yeah. be sitting in a living room by yourself. You may be in an apartment. You may be in a home by yourself. But there are people out here who are rooting for you. Mm -hmm. We're believing God's best for you. At the end of this program, you'll be able to text us or email us if you just need a little bit of human touch. But again, we're glad to have you this morning. We're glad to have our guests, which are actually just our uh, faith family. I got yeah. that from Cassie, our family of faith. And so we're going to uh, dive in. So grab you a bottle of water, get you some tissue if you need it, mm -hmm. and just be open. But we um, have come in the name of the Lord. And so we expect him to show up and to guide us. And we just pray that our hearts are healed and that what we're doing here uh, at Converge Nation, that other churches will latch on, not because we're converged, but because we all trust Jesus. And so we're asking him to heal us all and to guide us in these times. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that, baby. So at this table uh, today is a diverse group of Christ followers and believers. I think a, a beautiful representation of our church, uh, which by the grace of God, it's one of the things that we are extremely grateful and thankful for is that we're not monolithic, right? We're not one dimensional. Right. Our church is a very inclusive, very diverse church. And uh, with everything that's ha been happening uh, over the last several weeks and, and even coming out of 2020, right? Mm -hmm. Most of us, mm -hmm. I think, started 2021 hoping for, I mean, like new beginnings, new opportunities. And all of a sudden, January 6th happened. And you're like, wow, is this just a continuation mm -hmm. of 2020? Is this mm -hmm. actually January 7th? I mean, 37th of 2020, right? It yes. felt like just a continuation <laughs> of 2020. We wanted to have this conversation and we wanted it to be unscripted. We wanted it to be as genuine and as organic as mm -hmm. possible. For, for those of you joining us for the first time, we just want to bring you up to speed. As I mentioned, this is week three of our sermon series, Supreme. Uh, we've been following along in the epistle, Paul's epistle to Colossians, and uh, we, we found four things in the text. Uh, we found there are four themes that uh, Paul covers, and uh, here it is. Number one, uh, the church at Colossae was dealing with feelings of inadequacy. Uh, they felt insufficient, uh, and I think sometimes in life, right, we wrestle with that. We okay. talked about it some last week. You either feel like you're too much or not enough. Mm -hmm. Paul addresses that issue here in Colossians in chapter 2 and verse 10, where he says that we are complete 
in him, complete in Christ. So he deals with the feelings of inadequacy, but also the identity crisis that the church at Colossae was experiencing. Not only are we complete in him, uh, we also recognize that we are loved by him and we are accepted. Uh, so over the last two weeks, we talked about those uh, two issues that were prominent, prevalent in the church at Colossae, the issues of inadequacy and then also uh, their uncertainty around their identity, whether they really mattered, whether they were really valued. Uh, today, we're going to pick up in this progression, right, because Paul doesn't only address inadequacies. He doesn't only address identity issues. He goes on to the third thing, which is ideology. We become susceptible, right, to, to the wrong ideologies when we're not sure, when we're uncertain about our identity, all right? And so today, we want to focus our, com our conversation on this third theme in the book of Colossians, which is ideologies. Our anchor text, our anchor text, and you guys know here at Converge, we are sticklers for the word, right? Mm -hmm. So this isn't just Pastor Ray's opinion. This isn't just Pastor Ray's soapbox. Let's see what the text has to say. So notice our anchor text beginning in Colossians chapter 2, verse number 4. Now it says, now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Mm -hmm. So Paul begins in chapter 2, uh, almost with this admonition, this warning, uh, this, this word of caution. Hey, man, be careful that you do not allow yourself to be led astray by persuasive words. Okay, we're going to get all into that tonight. Notice verse 5. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Interesting note about the church at Colossae. Uh, this was not one of the churches that Paul planted. Uh, Colossae was actually an extension or a church plant out of the church at Ephesus. In fact, one of Paul's protégés, Epaphras, was the one who planted the church. Interestingly enough, Epaphras is also the one who comes to Rome while Paul is imprisoned. He's under house arrest, and Epaphras comes to him as the lead pastor of the church at Colossae, which, by the way, was a house church that met in the home of Onesimus, I'm sorry, in the home of Philemon. And so here's Epaphras, the pastor of this house church in Colossae. He comes to Paul while Paul is in prison, and he says to him, we're having issues. Mm -hmm. And Paul is saying here in verse 5, though I'm not with you in the flesh, man, I feel this deep connection with you. And he commends them. He commends them for their steadfastness of faith. And he talks about how they are established in the faith. And he says, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Now, this is where we're going to spend the lion's share of our time tonight. Notice verse number eight. It says, beware. So here's the second sort of uh, caution. Uh, here's the second sort of guidepost that God is, I mean, uh, 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 Paul is giving to the church of Colossae. He says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, mm -hmm. new ideologies is what he's talking about, right. mm -hmm. ideologies that are not consistent with what you've learned about Jesus. He says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. Notice he says what you're hearing is actually deceptive in nature. It's not founded in truth. It's philosophy and it is empty deceit. 
And he says, according to the traditions of men. It doesn't have its origin in God. It is man-made in its origin. And he's warning them against it. And then he goes on to say, according to the principles of the world and not according to Christ. What he's saying is the church at Colossae was being pulled away and drawn away by philosophies, by deception that had its origin in the traditions of men. It was man-made. And secondly, it was based on the principles of this world, not according to Christ. Verse 9 says, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10, and you are complete in him. What well, Paul said, y'all don't need any of this extra stuff. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So resist this temptation, resist this urge to get all these add-ons. Just stay with the purity of devotion and the simplicity of knowing Christ. And what he's dealing with in this passage is the ideologies, the thought processes that had crept into the church at Colossae and was pulling them away from the truth of Christ. So here's the progression again. Inadequacies that lead to an identity crisis. That identity crisis makes us susceptible and opens us up to other ideologies that ultimately become idols. All right, I'm going to turn this over to my panel. We're going to chop this up. But before we do that, I think it's important to level set expectations by giving us a working definition of ideologies, right? Mm -hmm. So we're all on the same, we're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. Ideologies. Here we go. An ideology is the body of doctrine, myth, huh, belief, etc., that guides an individual, a social movement, an institution, class, or a large group. Let me read that to you again. The body of doctrine, it even includes the word myth, right? So our ideologies can be based in things that are mythical, that are mystical, that are not even true. The figment of our imagination can drive our ideologies if we're not careful. But they are all of these things that guide an individual, that guide a social movement, an institution, a class, or even a large group. I think some of the words that come to mind when I think of ideology, I think of worldview, mm -hmm. I think of a belief system, I think of paradigms, and I think of thought processes. And I think that was on full display on January 6th, 6th, I believe a day that will forever live in infamy uh, as it relates to American politics and American life. Tell us a little bit, let's start with this, right? Tell us a little bit about uh, your first impression, your first reaction, Cassie, Brian, uh, as you saw uh, what unfolded on Capitol Hill on January 6th. What were some of the, the, the emotions you experienced in that moment? Oh man, um, I guess the best way to describe it is, I've kind of seen this before in a, a work environment, but just how lost, maybe manipulated, maybe, and I'm not saying by one particular person or what, I'm not even gonna get into that. I saw people that were so convicted of something somehow that led them to such extreme behavior, so I saw a power over them, not a good one, a very evil one in my opinion, I mean, most people's opinions, right? But um, 
so to me, it was like, wow, there's something, and the amount of people and the, the rage, it was just, it was a power. It was mm. a something over them that was powerful. They were so convicted in what they thought, their ideals, uh, what they were fighting for that in their mind mm. was right. Um, so to me, it was, I was just, the enemy was all over it. And it was just like, wow, he has such a stronghold and people are taking action on it pre-planning on it mm-hmm. um, and it was just such a visible a lot of times we talk about the spiritual warfare and there's like these sneaky things of you know pulling me away from God by being busy or pulling these subtle things that yeah. was just like wow mm-hmm. I mean literally a picture of the enemy taking people and their mm-hmm. minds over to get them to act in a certain way yeah. um, politics aside it just was just a picture of spiritual warfare and mm-hmm. complete um, overhaul of their, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say common sense, civilization, like all of it. It was just really um, a picture of. Would, would extreme be a word? Oh, or, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. the most extreme version. Wow. Wow. Brian, what were your thoughts as, as all this is unfolding, man, over several hours? You, you're, what are you thinking? Confused. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm confused about what it is they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. What what the end goal is, um, what exactly they are as passionate about um, in general. So I think for me, just really confusion. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. Teddy Ziomana, uh, what are your thoughts, man? January 6th is happening. You're, you're, you're maybe listening to the news. You're, you're watching the news. And what, what, what thoughts are coming through your mind? What, what are you thinking? Well, what Brian said, confused. Because mm-hmm. I just do not understand mm-hmm. how anyone can think that is okay. Mm-hmm. There's nothing patriotic about you destroying something yeah. that means so much for so many. Mm-hmm. What, what is it that you were trying to accomplish mm-hmm. in going in there, sitting in someone's chair, putting your feet on their desk. What yeah. what did that accomplish? Mm-hmm. I'm just so baffled at the fact that they thought this was patriotic. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing something great for your, my country. No, mm-hmm. you're not. Mm-hmm. I I was embarrassed and I was so heartbroken and disappointed. Because yeah. you know I grew up and life wasn't the greatest, but I have so many fond memories mm. of my childhood mm. you know i enjoyed being a child i was so proud of being an american yeah. you know it was you know regardless of who was president i was always so proud of it mm. um and so i'm thinking of my girls and i'm like wow yeah. they don't, they're not experiencing the same thing that i am they're, they're growing up in a very different america mm. eh? very much yeah, and so I, I was just heartbroken and mm. disappointed and then disappointed at the backup, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or lack of, mm-hmm. you know, when you ask the leader, you know, and this person says, oh, we love you. I, I just, yeah. I was confused. I was just like, what is that? What? What is it? You mm-hmm. know, so I don't know. I was just. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Teddy, any, any um, thoughts there? Emotions? Uh, kind of couldn't help but feel like 
all these people are reacting to this grown man throw a temper tantrum mm. because he didn't get things his own way. Mm. You know, he didn't win, whatever. So he's basically, you know, saying, oh, I'm not happy. And everybody's saying, oh, we're going to, you know, fight for you or whatever it is. And, you know, it's just a very demeaning, mm. uh, you know, to the people's house. Mm -hmm. So. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Damon, any, any thoughts about January 6th? Wow. Um, I was very sad, mm -hmm. but not surprised. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I said it is because uh, it's a principle called sowing and reaping. Mm -hmm. uh, if you plant apple seeds, you're going to get an apple tree. Mm -hmm. If you plant tomato seeds, mm -hmm. you're going to get tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Whatever you plant, mm -hmm. that's what you're going to harvest. Mm -hmm. And what we saw on Capitol Hill was the harvest mm -hmm. of seeds of discord, mm -hmm. of seeds of conspiracy, conspiracy theories, of, of, of seeds of uh, uh, this was a rigged election and it wasn't fair. All of those seeds produce the harvest that we saw on Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, we talk about ideologies, but I, uh, ideologies start with inputs. Absolutely. And whatever the input is, that determines the ideology. Right. And we saw the inputs that we received mm -hmm. led to the ideology mm -hmm. that turned into what happened on Capitol Hill. Right. And so um, the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. Genesis, as long as the earth remains, there's going to be what? Seed time and harvest. Right. And so even though I was sad, because I understand the principle, I wasn't surprised. Mm. Wow. Mm. wow. Pastor Wendy, any thoughts, emotions on January 6th? Yes. January 6th um, was terrifying for me, just mm. to say the least. And I'm fighting emotion now because what was unfolding, we had gotten up, we are planning for the church anniversary, so I'm making calls. We've got the news going on. I'm thinking, okay, at this point in my life, I'm finally starting to keep up with politics. So I'm just happy for myself. What I didn't pay attention to in school, I'm trying to make up for it. So I had the news on, I'm trying to adult. I've got my notebook out, I'm doing my anniversary calls, and I am watching this thing unfold. And um, I am married. He is not African-American. My husband is from Liberia, so he's full blood African, but I've got a brown husband. I've got a brown son and I've got a little brown girl. My kids are at school and I began to get into almost a full blown panic and I'm not given to anxiety and emotion like this. And I was thinking if this is going on in DC, what does it mean for me and my children in McKinney? Mm -hmm. I was uh, watching the clock. Um, my mom and sister called. They were like, are the kids at school? What's going on? How are you guys doing? I'm like, I'm fine. Everything is fine. But when it was time for Nia to get out of school and for Levi, I am standing on the porch. I'm standing on the porch because I don't know uh, what I saw on what I've been seeing on social media is uh, I've got lots of friends that don't believe the things that I believe, from faith to politics, and we have been lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. But what I'm starting to see on social media 
is ideologies and mindsets that I was completely clueless about. So my world, the foundation of my world has been shaken because I'm looking at things that friends are posting or reposting and I'm like, oh, you think that? You know, right. so right. where do I fit in your life? And so for a few hours, I was very uncertain. And you had gone to tape last week's sermon. Right. So yeah. Ray's not home. The kids aren't home. And I am uncertain. What I'm thinking about is what does it mean for me in McKinney? Who in McKinney feels that they need to defend their beliefs to such an extent, is it going to affect my daughter on the bus? Is it going to affect Levi riding his bike home? What does that mean for you being on the highway? And so um, God is so amazing. So I was getting emotional, but I'm just putting it under in prayer. And I had a friend that I used to teach school with, and her name is Abby, and she's Caucasian. And Abby and I don't see each other very often, but we keep up on social media. And do you know, Abby sent me a direct message and she said, Wendy, how are you doing mm. with everything that's going on? How are you doing? And I felt like that was a whisper from God. Right. God let me know. I see you. It's going to be okay. And so I thanked Abby profusely. There wasn't anything that she could do about the situation, but just her sending that direct message. Cause I took a picture and I'm like, oh my goodness, what is going on? And I experienced, you know, the confusion and being embarrassed. And, but I really was overwhelmed of what does this mean for us? Am I gonna send these kids to school tomorrow? Uh, my daughter's in high school. And so a lot of times, I'm sure she takes ideologies from our home into the school setting. What does that mean for her safety? What does that mean for her friend group? Uh, but Abby's direct message, just to say, how are you doing? I'm so sad. And I was, I had space to be honest. I said, what does this mean for me right here where we live? And she lives in McKinney and she said, there are a lot of people here around you that don't believe the same thing. And I just felt like that was a, a touch from the Lord for me to be anxious for nothing, but in all things, in this right. thing, through prayer and supplication and giving thanks unto the Father, I could make my requests known. And so I didn't jump in my car and go pick the kids up from school like a maniac. I trusted God. They made it home safely. And now we are here. Right. But for me, it um, hit home in the sense of, if a wave, because when you talk about the spiritual warfare, it, if you watch the news, depending on what news station, but it was like a wave of just, just energy and not a good, a surge of energy. Things were calm and then all of a sudden, and then the level of chaos and that nobody was safe, not even the news reporters who weren't picking sides, they're just reporting. And so to see so many people so unsafe at the hands of that level of conviction, I really um, needed to, I was glad I was home by myself because I had some time to pray and remember who I am, remember that I belong to the Lord, that I am rooted and established in him, not because of any good works of myself, 
But because I am accepted of the father, that means that, and because I call on him, that means that there is a promise that he's going to take care of my children, that he'll take care of my family and not just my family, our church. This is what our church looks like. So what does that mean for Cassie? You and I were texting uh, back and forth after a meeting and I wanted to assure her this has nothing to do with who you are in my life. It has nothing to do with the color of your skin. I'm glad she's mature enough to hear honest conversations and we're mature enough to hear honest conversations, but I didn't want anybody that was not black or brown to feel that this is an assault on you because of the color of your skin or because of your upbringing. But I so appreciate uh, this table. I so appreciate that we can call on you and you don't have to believe what we believe, but you can stand with us mm -hmm. in the good and the bad. So Amen. I'll turn it over to you. But yeah, it was it was it was an opportunity for me to trust God in a different kind of way. Yeah. And Absolutely. so where it's like, okay, 2020, this was going on. 2021 is an opportunity for me to put my faith to the test. Right. You know, you can believe for this and everything is wonderful. We're believing for a church building, but I'm believing for my neighbors in a different way. Yeah. I'm believing for my children in a different way. I'm believing for my nation in a way I've never believed before. And so for me, I've uh, chosen through all of the, you know, I've been, dealing with my own emotion and anxiety about it, but just, I'm like, God, I know you. I'm going to trust you. You're going to reveal yourself in a different way to me through this all. And we are going to, no matter what happens, yet will I praise you. I've settled that thing. No matter what happens, I'm not going to, uh, I know what the word says about praying for those that are in authority. I know what the word says about me, Wendy, who has to answer to Jesus by herself, showing honor and respect to where it belongs, regardless of what is going on. And me being rooted and established in God gives me the confidence that I can show honor and respect whether I agree or not. I can show honor and respect because my identity is not first in being a black woman. Right. My identity is first in being a Christ follower. Amen. And so I can be respectful and believe God to change, turn some things around in a way I've never, in my 50 years, I've never. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that, Pastor Wendy. Uh, if, I, if I had to pick one word, it would be unsafe. Uh, unsafe because so many people have become unreasonable. Mm -hmm. And when we say this at Converge often, right, the more emotional you are, the less rational you become. Yes. And people are allowing their emotions mm -hmm. to inform their actions yes. instead of really uh, uh, truth and facts. And that's what was, I guess, scariest for me is that, man, we're dealing with thousands. And if the numbers are true, millions of people who have become unreasonable in their position and only see it one way. And I, I, I walked away from January 6th feeling really unsafe. But, but here's the deal. I, I don't know what you guys believe. I just said, hey, man, you guys come out. Let's talk. So I have no idea what your, your persuasions are, your perspectives are. But I did want us to have an honest conversation. Let's flip the script, though, because uh, to your point, 
ideologies require inputs. There were people who marched on the Capitol Hill because they sincerely believed it was the patriotic thing to do. Now, listen, you can be sincere about what you believe and be sincerely wrong. And so, but these people, all right, who marched on the Capitol are fully convinced, fully convinced that they did the right thing and it was the patriotic thing to do. Uh, here's why that's important. The inputs. Words become thoughts. Thoughts become beliefs. Beliefs become actions. And here's why your life will always move in the direction of your most dominant thought. Words matter because words have consequences. So over the last several years, people have been speaking words that became thoughts, that became beliefs, uh, that became actions January 6th. And for most of us, our actions become our reality. Uh, it begs the question then, it begs the question, because listen, depending on what you expose yourself to, Right? If you listen to CNN and MSNBC, you're going to hear one thing. If you're listening to Fox and OAN and Breitbart, you're going to hear something totally different. All right? um, and, and so it, it speaks to the danger, man, of, of being exposed to the wrong information. Because if you listen to those words long enough, man, ultimately they become thoughts, beliefs, actions, they become your reality. Here's the danger. Here's the danger. Wrong beliefs and ideologies left unchecked become strongholds. Wrong beliefs and ideologies left unchecked. If, if, if your thoughts are never challenged by truth, they become strongholds. You become fully convinced that this is reality when it may not be reality. Notice uh, uh, and, and let me, the word stronghold uh, is defined as a castle, literally a castle, a fortress, uh, anything on which one relies. A stronghold uh, the, uh, is the argument and reasoning by which an individual endeavors, notice this, to fortify his position. That means to dig in and defend it against his opponent. And I would venture to say that a lot of the responses we're seeing uh, are the result of ideologies that have truly become strongholds. But notice 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, right? Uh, uh, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. He's talking about spiritual warfare. And where the warfare rages is really in our ideologies. Not necessarily, you know, a demon running around with a red suit and a tail and a pitchfork. Mm -hmm. The battle is fought right here between our two ears mm -hmm. with our thought process. Mm -hmm. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians, we can pull down those strongholds, right? The way people have been thinking about certain things can be demolished when those things are taken captive by the truth. That's what he's saying here in this verse. Notice the way it reads in the New Living Translation. It says we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. There it is. 
It keeps people from knowing God and we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. That's what we're called to do as Christ followers. So let's talk about that, right? Let's talk about that. What is truth? Okay. Because there are people who are fully convinced of something that is different than uh, what you and I might believe, right? Concerning uh, 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 the events that happened that unfolded on January 6th. So, so what is true and what is not true? What's fake news and what's real news. As you think of January 6th, just out of curiosity, was that a reasonable response that unfolded on Capitol Hill? Based on what they were saying, let me say, let me, let me just make it crystal clear. So, so you ask them, what are they defending and what's the end game? Most of the people who descended on Capitol Hill, descended on Capitol Hill for two primary reasons. That the elections were stolen, uh, the outcome of the election was fraudulent, right? That Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were not duly elected by the people. And then the second thing is we need to take our country back because it's going to move from a, a, a democracy to socialism. Uh, two big fears, two big fears that people came to address. And there's so many more, so many more. But the two big fears is that the elections and the results uh, were fraudulent. People believe that. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? True or false? Starting with me? Yeah. Um, if they're fraudulent or not? Yeah. Um, oh, we're getting into like real personal opinion. I, I'm going to answer it this way, then I'll give my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. um, especially for some that I guess I've seen and been exposed to as true patriots. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those that... Um, it's all about America and for America mm -hmm. that that is such a, um, a concern is it's baffling to me that we can have such a lack of trust in that same country and the same government that has held these elections forever of our country's existence and that all of a sudden um, only for one party it's fraudulent mm -hmm. that it's only fraudulent for the one party not the other right like, then, right. Yeah. Um, also, we talk about words and inputs, and it was already being talked about being fraudulent before we even start voting. So that is like super confusing. How like we didn't see all that. I mean, again, no matter what side, to not be able to say that was said before we even right. put one vote in that it was going to be there. So um, I have no way of knowing that the process behind our voting system, and I will never know. As a citizen that's little me, I will never ever, but I have to trust in this great country that we're so patriotic for that that's all I can do is trust our government. And I am a patriot enough to say, I trust our government and the process and the checks and balances. And that's why we have democracy so that no one can sneak around and make things fraudulent without someone else being like, um. No, like that's not, that's not gonna fly. So I trust enough that there are checks and balances enough that it can't be rigged. And to be honest, at the end of the day, if I'm standing here wrong, I'll never know. And I have to go with what our system is set up as, as a country. And so I absolutely have to believe and trust the system and the process. So I have no other choice. And burning something down or shooting something is 
not or somebody is not going to change that. Right. So you gotta just trust, it, right? Like right. I don't know. In my opinion, there's nothing, there's no other option than just to. Now, if there's investigations to be had, all of that, there's an appropriate process, and I have to trust that our country's gonna do that as well. And so, right. if somebody wants to push for investigation in all of the legal realms that we have to do that, right. I support all of that on both sides, any side to do that route and to do it right. appropriately. And then I trust those investigating to give a proper investigation, right? Like I have to just trust all of those things. Um, Cause otherwise we would just sit here and worry and anxiety and not trust our own country and we wouldn't be America and right. great, all the things. Cause then we would just have no trust in any of this. So right. I absolutely stand by the process that's been set up, the checks and balances that are in place, and getting people to not believe in that is the, in my opinion, super unpatriotic. <laughs> like it, it, it's <laughs> the opposite of what I think some of those people think they're doing. Let, let's talk about that. And I, 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 let me apologize because I feel like I put you on the spot, right? I mean, that's but, what I'm here for, I guess. <laughs> but, 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 um, let, let's talk about checks and balances, right? Yeah. Uh, because this was not sort of this unilateral verdict. Let, let, let's, let's, let's unpack this for a second. The head of cybersecurity, right? This is the federal government, right? The, the agency who is a lifelong Republican says this was the safest election in U.S. history. He's a lifelong Republican. He has no reason, right, to do this uh, to give Biden a boost. Uh, that's one. You can take all of the counts and the recounts that were done, right? Not electronically, manually. And the numbers were consistent, right? No evidence of widespread fraud. Uh, the democratic process runs its course because they had the right to, to, to bring their claims and present evidence that there was widespread fraud. Over 60, over 60 cases were thrown out because there was no credible, not one case, not two, over 60 thrown out. Then it's brought to the Supreme Court. All right. There are three justices recently appointed during this administration. And the Supreme Court, predominantly Republican, said, we find no evidence in what you presented. The Attorney General, William Barr, who is a, uh, a longtime uh, uh, Trump associate, friend, uh, I mean, he was an advocate for President Trump, says, unfortunately, we can't find any evidence of widespread fraud. We're talking about checks and balances. <laughs> On the state level, Right, even in Georgia, being one of the cases that really dragged, dragged out, I think they counted three times. Right, and still Biden came on top, and I think the third time they even found more votes for Biden. Right, um, and again, this is not a partisan opinion, but you have to ask yourself: Can we trust the checks and balances? We should. We should be able to check the checks because every single time, whether it was the Supreme Court or the Electoral College or, or the head of cybersecurity, no evidence of widespread fraud. Should we trust our government agencies? And again, 
like Cassie, I don't think you and I will ever know 100% everything that happened, but there's enough, there's enough oversight and accountability that if these things that are being alleged were true, it would have been found by now. That's just my two cents. And that is the danger of these ideologies that become strongholds because people become unreasonable. Who do you trust and who do you believe if you can't even trust the government agencies that are established to make sure that the people are protected? Any thoughts there before we move on? You know, I'm reminded, uh, <clears throat> the scripture talks about how faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not what you heard, but having hearing something over and over and over and over and over. And so if you hear over and over again that this is unfair, 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 over and over and over again, you, be, you begin to develop faith that what you heard was true. Even if it's not true, but the principle says, whatever you hear over and over and over again, it becomes your truth. And so this is why uh, it's, 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 it's so dangerous, like you said, when they're not checks and balances, when they're not uh, things that will keep in check these seeds. Uh, you know, Cassie, you alluded to something that was so true, how the integrity of the election was challenged even before the election. So there was a seed sown even before, uh, uh, almost a strategic seed, I would like to call it. When you really think about it, almost a strategy that says, well, uh, just in case they do win, we, we've already got an underlying thought, a seed here that says, well, it wasn't actually legitimate. And so this is why it, it's so essential. And particularly, you know, in the day and age that we live in and now where it, inputs are everywhere. Everyone has an opinion. I mean, you're a click away from everyone's opinion, whether it's through social media, whether it's through uh, the media outlets, whatever it is, it's, it's these, these unharnessed opinions. You know, one of the things that happened that um, we saw was that social media determined to put a lockdown on what was said from the president. They made a decision that what was being said can no longer be spoken. In other words, they were able to use their checks and balances to harness what they, what they believed was, not, was, was misinformation, essentially. And so that's where those checks and balances come in. Uh, I, I, I think the kind of thing that somewhat disheartens me is that a lot of these checks and balances are coming in now. You know, where was this six months ago? <laughs> you know, where was, you know, the, the it, it's, it's, it's like, it, it takes events like Capitol Hill. It takes events like George Foreman. It takes these, these, these just- George Foreman. George Ford, I'm sorry. George Foreman's a boxer. <laughs> George Floyd. You know, to, to really uh, open our eyes. Yes. And, and it, it almost like it takes tragedy to, to break through untruths. Mm. And, and that's really, really, it seems like that. And so, uh, but you know, to your point, Pastor, I mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, it, it seems all the facts led to, mm -hmm. but like you said, the, the challenge is the principle of faith oftentimes in many people's minds will override facts. Right. And so that's why what you hear on a consistent basis really matters. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I think um, where we are also, the events of 
of January 6th are a culmination of decades and decades and decades of faulty checks and balances. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about the government, I'm talking about the church as well. Mm -hmm. There Good. has been a faulty uh, lack of appropriate responsibility mm -hmm. that the church has not taken and that the world did not take. The, the word is very explicit on how we are to handle those in authority, praying for them, mm -hmm. that it may be well for us um, even in our communities, a part of what we're seeing today, when you talk about the hundreds of thousands going into the millions of people that did not even vote in the election four years ago. And so we abdicate just, okay, well, whatever is going to go on. And now we're reaping the benefit in, um, Psalm 12, eight, I believe it, it, it says the wicked freely strut about when what is vile is honored among men. And so there has been a vulgarity of um, the freedom of speech to just abuse, which is abnormal use of verbally abuse, um, different uh, races and cultures and religious beliefs. There's been a vulgarity that has been celebrated of just profane things coming from leaders. There has been a sense of, you know, rah, 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 sis, boom, ba, And, you know, we can say whatever we want to say. Our culture now is I can do whatever I want to do. I can feel how I feel and you have to adjust to it. So I think that January 6th, um, and I've, I've said this before in with different situations, but it was almost like an abscess rupturing. Mm -hmm. Once you get an abscess, it's not about the abscess. That infection is only an indication that something way deeper has been going on for a very long time. And so what we saw to me was like a rupture of a deep, dark infection that Every single American has either some kind of part. It, me, my part was not even paying attention to politics for so many years. And I want to get on the bandwagon and be critical. I did not do my part. Every time there was a vote, I, 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 every time it was time to vote, I always voted. But I voted irresponsibly because I didn't educate myself. So I can only talk about my lack of responsibility, had I always been praying for those in authority? Not always. Maybe if something happened that I didn't like, or maybe if there was an election coming up or during our season of fasting and praying. So I can see my own irresponsibility uh, and my own contribution due to the lack of taking responsibility and using my voice and being educated that has, has contributed to what we see today. And I think that... Um, it's a big pill to swallow. It's a tough pill to swallow. But I think if we start there, you, everybody doesn't have to go say, oh, what was my part? That's not what I'm saying. I'm only speaking from my own opinion. But if we honestly, in truth, look at what's going on right now, this thing was coming. It was coming one way or another by one person or another. This thing has been at our doorstep for a very long time. It may not have been on a national scale like that. And we do have an expectation for a certain amount of uh, honor and respect. But this thing was happening 
in our neighborhoods. It was happening on TV shows. It was, we were slipping and allowing little things in the back door and the side door for a long time, whether it's been in Hollywood, whether it's been in the church, whether it's been in government. So we just saw an abscess rupture yeah. uh, from some very deep rooted hollabaloo <laughs> that's been going on. Yeah, January 6th was definitely the tipping point. It was certainly the tipping point. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we lead a, a very diverse church. And one of the things I know, right, is that it takes a left wing and a right wing to fly a plane. Right. Uh, and so at our church, there are Republicans, there are Democrats, there are independents, liberals, and conservatives. Uh, we never tell people how to vote, right? right. Because your vote is your right. Right. It is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. It is your prerogative, right? Mm -hmm. So, so vote, uh, vote your values. Some people might say, uh, but but here's where I think we have abdicated some of that responsibility as as church leaders. Uh, people are supposed to vote. Uh, uh, Jesus said it this way: Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Mm -hmm. Give to God what is God's. Mm -hmm. I think our vote is what we use. It is a political transaction. You give to Caesar what is Caesar's. But the problem is we have put our trust in our vote. Mm -hmm. And in putting our trust in our vote, we put our trust in human beings. Mm -hmm. When our vote and our trust should be mutually exclusive. Meaning, I'm going to exercise my franchise and vote for somebody. Mm -hmm. Because that's the responsible thing to do. But who do I trust ultimately? Right. I got to go vertical with my trust mm -hmm. and say, listen, I voted for this person, <laughs> but they're human. Mm -hmm. They're flawed and they are imperfect. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have missed it. And even the church, mm -hmm. we've missed it the last four years. The things that we have endorsed mm. as the church. All right. The things that we have excused at the, as the church. And this is what we've done. We have made loyal, we have confused loyalty to man for faithfulness to God. Right. Say They're that not again. The same thing. Loyalty to a man mm -hmm. is not the same as faithfulness to God. And that's why the scripture says in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 5, it says, Cursed is the man who puts his trust in the arm of the flesh mm -hmm. and turns away from the Lord. And I think that the church is culpable mm -hmm. in all of this because they were part of this administration's, this president's inner circle. Mm -hmm. They had an opportunity to speak truth to him and they turned it into a photo op. I'm about to get on a hmm. soapbox. You see me backing up? Let me get my offering. Let me get my handkerchief listen, yeah, listen. <laughs> and my offering. Listen, here, 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 here's, here's where we missed the opportunity. Hmm. Here's where we missed the opportunity. We miss the opportunity to be truth tellers. Mm -hmm. David, King David, mm -hmm. is known as a man after God's own heart. Right. David had this reputation, and his legacy is that he loved God. But when David was out of order, mm -hmm. God raised up a prophet yes. named Nathan mm -hmm. who said, David, you're wrong. David, you're out of order. Everything that, at least that I saw mm -hmm. and that I heard reported when evangelicals huddled around the president hmm. was nothing more than just a photo op. Hmm. When maybe the opportunity was yes. for those church leaders who have grown interestingly silent. I don't see none of them. 
saying nothing. I don't see none of them with him. Now that the heat is on, it is the hypocrisy of the evangelical church. And what if for four years God gave the church right. a window of opportunity mm -hmm. to speak truth mm -hmm. like Nathan did to David, even though he was the most, he was out of order. And God sent someone to lovingly correct him. Mm -hmm. What about Herod and John the Baptist? Right. The scripture says that Herod was troubled when John the Baptist spoke truth to him. Yes. But he loved to listen to John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. What if we totally squandered an opportunity over the last four years? And what if the church is just as guilty? There's this new movement called Christian nationalism. In fact, I saw a prominent pastor out of Louisville, Kentucky. And we'll go to you guys here in a second, Ziomata and Teddy. A prominent pastor out of Louisville, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. This is the prayer that he's praying. It is a mega church. And he's praying this prayer. He's calling down fire to consume everyone, right, right, who believes that Joe Biden, right, is the duly elected president of the United States. And this is what he said. He said, I call poverty right. upon you. This mm -hmm. is what he's saying. He's praying this, that anybody who believes that, and this is a, an evangelical leader praying these kind of prayers to the chairs of his congregation. There, there's pastors calling angels from Africa. I saw one, I saw one who, uh, in the middle of preaching, on the night the results were announced, said, oh, uh, the mainstream media is saying that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are vice president and vice president, like, ha, ha, and just started laughing. And the whole church, man, they all started laughing. They, there's another one who, who, um, uh, uh, who said God gave him a dream, and in the dream, he saw Jesus turning over tables. And then when he looked on the floor, it was all these ballots that had been overturned because Jesus was going to overturn the election results. Okay. Listen, these are people who are leading thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And not only are they telling them, this is what they're telling them, that Joe Biden didn't win and that the current president is God's man. And that God told them, listen to me, God told them, whether it was in a dream or a vision, that President Trump would be elected for a second term. So people who believe that, I'm talking about ideologies now, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. people who believe that now are saying, no, Joe Biden can't be president because God's man mm -hmm. is Donald Trump. Why do they believe that? Because a pastor that they trust told them, God told me this. So any other result must be fraudulent. Right. And this is the kind of deception mm -hmm. that has overtaken, not just our nation, it has overtaken the church. Mm -hmm. When we are supposed to be God's solution right. to what's happening right. right now, we are exacerbating the problem. Mm -hmm. We're making it even worse. And in the process, we have lost credibility. Listen to me. If God told you that President Trump would be elected for a second term, there is no human resistance that right. can stop the sovereignty of God. Hmm. Yes. If God said he would be president, mm -hmm. he would be president-elect today. Right. The fact that he is not president-elect means that you lied. 
and misled people. And when you said God told you what you said God told you, God didn't tell you that. Mm -hmm. He did not tell you that. Because if that were the will of God, for someone else to be president-elect other than Joe Biden, he would be, that person that God chose would be in that seat. This is the kind of deception mm -hmm. that has overtaken, mm -hmm. not just the nation, I'm talking about mm -hmm. the church and leaders who have misled, misinformed, and misguided people. My prayer, and as we prepare to close here, is that we talk about what the Christ-like solution should be to this. Listen to me. Let me make it crystal clear. Whether you voted Republican, Independent, or Democrat, none of my business. Come on, Tabitha Brown. That's your business. That's your business. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I don't care how you voted. That's your prerogative. My question is to begin to ask, where have you put your trust? Where have you put your trust? And that's what the church is supposed to do. Right. We are not here. We are not endorsing Biden. We're not endorsing Trump. We are having a conversation right. and doing what God has called us to do, pointing you back to him. So yeah. for all of you who don't particularly care for this message and you have emails and all of that you want to say, check the scripture. You can send them to Damon.Denson at WeAreConverged.com. Damon.Denson. Come on, somebody. No, That's no, where you no. need to send them at WeAreConverged.com. Yes, yes. I think we're going to uh, go on over to, to Teddy and Zia more, but we just yeah. want, to, want you to, even in this, because our filters are so clogged now, that even in this, somebody could take our right to exercise our speech and just come together and think that we're endorsing something. What we endorse is Jesus. Right. What we are endorsing is his sovereignty. What we are endorsing is our trust in him, no matter who is president. And that's where we are, even in the church, instead of looking to God, we start idolizing our pastors. We start uh, putting man in the place where God should be. So that's a whole nother message. We're gonna- Well, no, that's central to what we're talking about, <laughs> Jesus over everything, right? He has yes. the final say mm -hmm. uh, that we should never exchange, right? Uh, the position Jesus has in our lives yes. uh, with anyone or anything else. Mm -hmm. That becomes idolatry. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's what we wanna get not just our congregation back to, but we want to get everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's the mandate of yes. the church. That's yes. what we're supposed mm -hmm. to be doing, pointing people mm -hmm. back to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Ziomana Teddy, Christ-like response. What should be our response, right? Because again, initially uh, you talked about, you know, fear, being terrified, mm -hmm. unsafe, confusion. Mm -hmm. uh, what should be our response, right, in these times? Uh, because again, very concerning. Mm -hmm. uh, what should be our Christ-like response in the midst of it? Whether you're Republican, Democrat, or Independent, I don't care, right? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, uh, are we representing Christ in spite of our differences? Y'all are asking a Puerto Rican from the Bronx? <laughs> 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 so, let me just, so I must have typed up like 10 or 15 mm. Um, social media posts because mm -hmm. a lot of my 
friends and family are Trump supporters. And that is, and I want to make something very clear. If you're a Trump supporter, that is your right. Right. Sure. That is, uh, you know, if you want to be upset, you know, because he lost, your feelings are valid. That's okay. Mm -hmm. You have that. That is your right. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, um, but I have quite a few uh, family and friends that are Trump supporters, and we've been friends for a long time, mm -hmm. and it has never come between us. Mm -hmm. um, but there are so many posts that just were so hateful. You know, one of the things that I really dislike is, well, all Republicans are, you know, this, and all Democrats, no, right. that's not accurate. Right. You know. Uh, so I'm going to be honest, uh, I am listed as a Democrat, but uh, in the, oh, I want to say the last like three, three terms, I don't vote according to what my party is, I, and, and I don't know if that's legal, but I vote to whomever I, right, I feel is fit, and I have voted both sides, because I don't vote, you know. When I was younger, I voted Democrat because that's what I was, that's what my mom was, that's what I grew up, you know, I just check, check, check. Right. Not anymore. I'm 43 years old. You can't just check. You have to research. You right. Know? right, right, right. So, uh, all those posts, I, I, I was just, because I was so confused as to what they were so upset about and, and what they thought was so patriotic and just the the nastiness that was coming out of some of my family and friends posts, I thought, wow, I, I never would have thought you of all people, because you love God so much. And these are individuals that if I call today because I need help, no questions asked. They will not ask me any questions. What do you need? It's, it, it's gonna be there. Yes. And that's who they are. So I think that we have gotten so uh, involved in the titles. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. Mm -hmm. I'm, no, you're Teddy. I'm Siomara. Mm -hmm. You know, the, that is not who we are. Mm -hmm. It's just simply something that we, we, we prefer, you know, part of our lifestyle. Um, so I've, Hit, you know, I was typing, I was so mad, I was just like, <laughs> and then I thought, I'm friends with a lot of my church people, I can't, <laughs> I remember a lot of times I tell Ted, the first time Pastor Ray friended me on Facebook, I was like, oh my gosh, Pastor Ray, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do, should I, should I accept this friend? <laughs> <laughs> Accountable, right, you know. Right. Even though I'm a grown a woman and I need to know what's right and wrong, there are times when I'm like, well, you know, you know, wrong, and I'm just gonna. You know. <laughs> but now that I have so many more church friends, I cannot do that. Yeah. And and even if I didn't have y'all as my friends on social media, if my girls were to read that, mm. yeah. a lot of times our oldest is like. 
Mom, you cannot be like that. That's not Christian-like. <laughs> you know? and, and a lot of times, she's, she, she tells me, you have to, Mom, you can't, you can't say that. You can't think that. Or, or you, you know? And so I've had to stand back and stand down um, because it is not right. Just because my feelings were hurt, does not mean that I have a right to go out and insult you. Right, that's right. right. Yeah. What gives me the right? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, so if you see a pose and it upsets you and you want to say whatever you want to say, you write it down and then you just shut it up, you throw it out, and you just pray. You pray, you pray, you pray. Yeah. You should pray first before you write it. <laughs> yes. But never hit that send button because you know what? Words hurt. Yes. yes. Yeah. All those years growing up, oh, words don't hurt. Words hurt. They, they hurt. Um, and just recently, we experienced that. What well, my daughter and I, someone called us, uh, uh, you know, a name. Mm. And mm. it was funny because I thought, wow, mm. how. Yeah. But I can see the hurt in my daughter's face. Mm. She goes, Mom, I can't believe she called us that. I said, what people think of you does not define you. Mm. Right. Good. You That's are good. not what they say. Yeah. Yeah. You are yeah. what Jesus says. You good. Are. Yeah. Good. And even though it took me a few times, she goes, I know, Mom. I said, and even the, the child of the person, I said, your mother's words are not you. Mm. You don't hold her responsible for what she says. Mm. Uh, so the yeah. way we react to those, you just don't. Mm. You pray about it a lot. Mm -hmm. You you stop and you just take a step back. Mm -hmm. Because there were so many times where I just wanted to just hit reply. And I knew if I did, I was going to lose those friends that I've known for 10 plus years. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Because their words were hurtful to me, I wanted to, to get back. Mm -hmm. And I thought, is it worth it? Right. 10 years of friendship? Right. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah, good. the way you react is you don't. Yeah. You, you yeah. can't, because if you do, they're going to, I always tell my girls, for every action, there's a counter reaction. There's a consequence for everything. Yes. And everything you do, whether it's good or bad, you, it's not just going to affect you, it's going to affect everyone around you. Right. That's right. So you just have to yeah. pray about it and just, you know, complain to your husband about it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of social media, and I'm going to let you go, Teddy, but I had a situation where I did the posts, you know, from the six I you know posted people crawling through the window at the Capitol and I just put you know embarrassed confused whatever I put just some hashtags and that's it and somebody put a post that wasn't um favorable to me and 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 just because I posted that then they decided already that you know I'm of a certain political affiliation but this person who put the post under my page is the mother of somebody I love very dearly. And I am a respect and honor person, and I'm not willing to lose relationship with the person I love 
or this this mother because what I say on Facebook is not going to change how she's feeling in that moment. Mm -hmm. So what I did, hide. I just hid her response. Though I didn't want to have a response to her, I wasn't going to leave her open for anybody else to think that they're defending me yeah. or their, you know, their voice opinion. That's someone's mother. I love her. I love them. And so what we're going to do, we're not going to respond. I'm just going to click hide. And that's it. And we'll still be friends and, and lovey. And I know where you are. And I'm going to keep my eyebrows real high. <laughs> but it's even, even doing things like that to cover other people and saying, because there are a lot of times... <laughs> Pastor Ray will start speaking Liberian. He'll say, ooh, he'll start pacing. He said, I want a fire right now. And I'm like, baby, are you willing? You know, it says before man goes to war, the Bible says, let him count the cost. So before you, I'm not going to tell you because I like that little fire. You know, I'm like, that's my man. But I'm like, before you do that, is it going to be worth it in the long run? Who are we going to affect? Yeah. Who are we going to hurt? You've got to think about it. And so sometimes, you know, we'll talk about it or he'll get on the phone with his other Liberian buddies and they'll, you know, kind of work it out or other pastor friends and work it out. But sometimes it is not even not responding, but it's even covering somebody's response that can open them up. Just hide their posts or take it down. There have been times when we've taken posts down or decided, okay, I'm not gonna say anything at all. And when I look at my social media page, I'm like, it seems like I'm so disconnected from the world. I got plants up here and <laughs> coffee and ice cream, but it's just, you have to think, how is my response to this situation going to negatively affect somebody? And we talked to our leaders, and I'm throwing it to you, Teddy, I'm not forgetting about you. Uh, when we had our leadership huddle and our last words of encouragement were, okay, the end game for this week is to maintain the ability to speak Jesus into someone's life. Right. If right. what I say or do affects me to the point where I can't speak Jesus to someone, I can't, they no longer trust me to pray for them when life is happening, then what I'm wanting to do is not worth it because Jesus alone for me. So if me putting something up on social media and someone sees that they're offended by it and then life happens and they need prayer or they need counsel or they need us to be there. And now I've boxed myself out because I didn't have the emotional quotient to just keep my comments for the kitchen. <laughs> I can just say and do whatever I want to do in the kitchen and I've got friends that I could just be exactly who I am. I don't have to worry about leadership. So Teddy, how should we be responding? Oh, well, I mean, going back to like what Pastor said about that one preacher, mm -hmm. I remember I saw that and I was like, you know, so crazy because the church is supposed to represent love, right? right? The love of Christ. So if we're spreading hatred, right. that doesn't represent the Bible at all. At all. And, and, and ultimately, it really doesn't matter who sits in that chair in office. Mm -hmm. Doesn't change our daily responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Doesn't change our work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pardon. Um, you know, it's just so much hatred. You see. Yeah. yeah. You just need to spread love. Yeah. Spread love yeah. will be the opposite yeah. of that. Yeah. Damon, before we started shooting, you had some thoughts about about our Christ-like response in times like these, and it revolved around love. Right. Talk, talk to us a little bit about that as we as we wrap up. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, scripture talks about that's how what people know you're a Christian. You know, not because of your political affiliation, not because of your, uh, your culture, not because of whatever preferences you may have. But scripture says they will know we are Christians because of our love. And that is how they will know us. And, but I think when it comes to love, uh, there's, there's a couple of C's that I was thinking about. I, I think people always also have to understand how love operates and how love functions. Love is more than just a lovey-dovey feeling of, of grandeur and oh, it's so warm and fuzzy. But uh, there's a couple of C's that I was thinking about when uh, I thought about love. And the first C is cares. Love cares. Good. And, and I think one of the challenges why we're having many of the issues that we're facing even in our country today is because, uh, I, I have to just be very blunt, some people just quite frankly just don't care. They just don't care. I mean, and part of the reason they don't care is because oftentimes people have a very difficult tendency caring for things that don't directly affect them. True. In other words, in other words, it's called empathy. It's it, you're, the ability to, to to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And so, if it, if if no one in my neighborhood has an issue with COVID, then why should I wear a mask? That's a lot of the mindset, you know. If 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 uh, if I've never experienced racism, then why should I care about it? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and so so. But that's, that, 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 that's where Christ comes in. That's the difference. See, Jesus was affected. Scripture says he was touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Yeah. And so even though he never went through it, Scripture says that he, uh, uh, that knew no, he, Bible says that he didn't know any sin, but he became sin. Mm-hmm. In other words, he was willing to step into our shoes right. and empathize with us and feel the way that we feel about it. Mm-hmm. In other words, he cared. The Bible says cast our cares on him because he what? Because he cares for us. And then also love not only cares, but also will call something out. It will say that this is right and this is wrong. Love will not be silent. And I think one of the challenges that we've had even in our nations is this a lot of, I mean, people have seen things and just let them happen and have said absolutely nothing. Instead of calling it out and not only calling it out, but calling this is wrong, this is right. This is, I mean, it's, things have become so blurred, mm-hmm. you know, these last few years, but love will call out. And when love calls out though, yes. it's for our good. Yes. Right. Right. It's yeah. not, it's not a detriment to mm-hmm. us. Yes. Mm-hmm. It really saves us, man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think that's huge because mm-hmm. love is willing to confront. Absolutely. And that the, the third C I was going to hit to with the whole issue of confronting. Love will confront. Oh, us. I'm sorry. I, yeah, you, you're right there, Pastor. <laughs> you're, right, you're right there, Pastor. <laughs> love will confront. In other words, it will take action. It yeah. won't just stand by. And then also, not only will it confront, but it will also correct. Mm. It will not just tell you what's wrong. It will say, this is the right way to do yes. it. Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes, it, you know, when I think about what transpired even on Capitol Hill, I wonder how many of those people were actually taught the right way. Right, right. The right way to respond to conflict, the right way to respond to negative feelings, the right way to respond when you're angry, the right way to respond when you disagree, the right way to respond when you don't like what's happening. Have they ever been corrected to the point where they can respond the right way? And then finally, love, the last C is love covers. Yes. Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins and that's where forgiveness comes in and, and that's where it, even when we've been wronged by people we have to learn 
how to forgive them. And uh, it's Jesus, one of the last words he said on the cross, he said, forgive them, because mm -hmm. they don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think about all those people that made their way up to Capitol Hill, thought they were so right, but the reality was they didn't really know what they were doing. Right. And that's why Jesus said, forgive them, forgive because they don't know what to do. Right. And so I think if we follow those along those seas, I think that's really how we can help represent the love of Christ and be the solution to many of the crises that we face today. Very good. And one thing I just want to add to that is us as believers showing forgiveness does not mean that we agree. Yeah, right, and right. I think that's where we feel like if I forgive you, then that means I'm saying it was okay what you did. Right. It's not, those are apples and oranges, but to forgive someone that uh, breaks your tie, your negative tie to them. And it's the God thing to forgive them. Think about Jesus forgiving us. Oh, I could just break into a pool of tears when I think about how good God has give, been to me. Because he forgave me of my sins and my missing the mark, he didn't agree with that. It was totally against his law and his will for my life, yet he loves me enough to forgive me. Right. So just be encouraged in that covering and in that forgiveness. Forgiveness never means what you did was okay. Mm. Forgiveness means that I recognize you're a flawed human just like me, and I choose God's way over my own preferences. No, very good, very good. Brian and Cassie, final thoughts. What should be the Christ-like response? And I, let me just say this. Uh, this was not to be to beat anybody up or to choose sides. Our right. goal in this entire conversation was, one, give everybody an opportunity to vent and just say, hey, man, this is what I really feel. But ultimately, we want to point back to this Christ-like response mm -hmm. uh, that we don't want to be driven away by ideologies that are not consistent with the word of God. Right. We want to make Jesus the center of it all. Come on, we want, we want it to be Jesus over everything for me. Mm -hmm. That's what we really want. Amen? So Brian, Cassie, tell us. Final thoughts. I think just taking the time to listen and try and understand a view that's not maybe what you agree with. Good. Um, just taking a pause, because I know for me, somebody says something I don't agree with, the first thing I think is, I'm going to light you up on that one. Yeah, yeah. That's not what I need to do. And, so, and that's, I think that's human nature, right? We listen to respond mm -hmm. instead of listen to understand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think what, what you're saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, is that the Christ-like response could just be to listen to understand, mm -hmm. right? I think that's huge. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. That was it? Pause. Yeah, pause. Take a pause. That's good. Very good. Cassie? Um, Y'all have covered a few thoughts I had in mind. Um, I had written down a verse that you um, hit on to the T. It's Proverbs ten nineteen. I made a note of it because I am not there enough to remember all the verses. But um, it says, too much talk, talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. The reason I wrote that down is not for those that are, um, well, we need to stick up for what's right and we need to, that's not where I come from. Me personally is I needed that for me because I am a right back. I am a oh, fellow Christian friend. Let me help give you another view. <laughs> like, cause we as Christians should be doing this. That's not gonna, it's not gonna work in that moment. Um, so I've had to check myself 
with my Christian response, I'm not saying I'm doing it perfectly, but if we're talking about what should our Christ-like response be, I've worked on myself lately with that. Um, sometimes just keep your mouth shut is for some people. Sometimes love means speak up and correct. There are conversations in the, I think, safety and comfort of particular relationships um, that I don't keep my mouth shut and I will not because I think that it's, it's I love them too much. And um, I love, right, where it leads us to, as Christians, as a family, as friends too much to just say, okay, we're going to go along with it. So um, so part of that could be in, in different moments to step back, don't say anything, pray before hitting click. And then part of it is... Um, We've got to get back to, we just finished the Red Letter Life. Um, I don't care what news you're following, what social media feeds, what pastor, what influencer on social media. I'm talking to some of my Instagram friends. You've got to go back to the, if we are saying we're Christians, for, for the Christ followers out there, we've got to go back to those red letters in the Bible. What is true? What is kind? What is lovely? What is a good report? We've got to focus on that right now because otherwise... Everyone's going to have opinions, and it's too easy to lose our witness. You did talk about that. I've been holding on to that since our leadership call. Don't lose the ability to later on say, hey, friend, let me reach out in this way, um, which is a new walk for me in general. So I don't want to go ahead and lose that at the beginning of starting to reach out to friends in that way. So, um, yeah, to just get back to all the noise of, okay, what does the Bible say? Because there's a lot of confusing stuff. I grew up a certain way. You were talking... I was just, I just click the check, all party this, all party that. I'm adulting. I'm digging in on my own issues. I got my own opinions and values that might be very different from my upbringing. Um, so it can be all, it can be confusing and it can be a lot. So going back to the red letters, the Bible, what does Jesus say that we should be doing? Um, and whatever party that leads you to for your own values. Um, but we have, we have to do that. We have to do something else that we can, <laughs> we're going to be led astray if not. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. Pastor Wendy, final thoughts? I think I shared all my final thoughts a few <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> I was so excited, there but this is good. I just want to thank you all for hanging in there online um, to be at our table. Jada Pinkett Smith has a red table. We've got a green table yes. here. So thank you for being at our green, green table, table talk. talk. Come on. Uh, and thank you all. Thank you for, for um, being vulnerable, for mm -hmm. just laying it all out there and, you know, just sharing. And I think it, it, it will help us all. It will help us to see things differently. Um, in my adulting here lately, I have opened myself up to seeing a different perspective. I grew up in a neighborhood and around people where we can kind of be pretty presumptuous. Like, I already know what she gonna say. I know why she did that. Cause she, and just assign emotion or intent. And now I'm taking a step back and listening to different perspective. And my number one stop um, uh, is usually Ray and I'll say, well, baby, what do you think about this? Or I may not understand something and he will really help me. And I'm enjoying, wow, that was a different perspective. I didn't see it that way. Um, those of you that have been on the leadership hall, the calls, you know, that we've been, you know, talking about some different things as far as the building. 
and my husband has a view. I'm ultimately, ultimately submitted to his leadership, but I have my views. He gives me the safe space to vent my views, but I am enjoying the process of being open to listening to a different perspective because I'm having so many aha moments. It hasn't, cho it hasn't changed my, my, my resolve, but I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that. Or, oh, because everybody didn't agree with what I've, my stance. And then people have brought up other things. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Even when I'm watching the news, I'm listening to different perspectives and I'm thinking, oh, I didn't think about that. Or today it was sort of kind of boring listening to what was going on in the house, but there were different perspectives from different people. And if we hadn't listened to all 200 and something perspectives, <laughs> you can just be single-minded. Right. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, the responsibility is so much greater than I ever thought to be open mm -hmm. to listen to a, di a different perspective, just to educate yourself. So I thought I didn't have a final thought, but that must be my <laughs> final thought. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you guys all for sharing. And uh, I close with, with the words of Jesus, the, the red letters, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, uh, for they shall be called sons of God. And that's my prayer, that the church will assume this posture of being uh, peacemakers, mediators. In the midst of a, a nation and a world that is deeply polarized, uh, that we would stand in the gap mm -hmm. and we would make peace. I think the way we make peace is man just pursuing and fighting for the truth, not our preferences or our prejudices. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's my prayer for our church, that we will pursue truth, even when it's inconvenient, yeah. even when it's painful, even when it's hard to hear, uh, that we will pursue that uh, beyond just what is comfortable uh, for us. I thank you guys again, man, for your input, uh, Brian and Cassie, mm -hmm. Ziomara and Teddy, and Damon, Pastor Wendy. Yeah. Let's do this. Uh, we're, we're the, uh, at the time this, this message airs, it will be day eight, I believe, of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So we've been in a season of prayer and fasting. We've been praying for our nation. We're going to do that right now mm -hmm. as we close out today's message. Yes. We pray that it was an encouragement to you. Uh, and maybe it helped answer some questions, give you clarity on some things you were processing, uh, things you were wrestling with internally. And uh, hopefully we pointed you back to a Christ-like response. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We honor you and we thank you uh, for the word uh, that was shared uh, this morning uh, from Colossians 2, uh, that God would not be driven away by philosophy and empty deceit, but that, Father, we would return to the foundation and he is Christ. Lord, we submit our lives now to Jesus over everything. And Lord, in the midst of uh, socio-political turmoil here in the U.S., Lord, we thank you that you have the final say. And that God, your will, your plan, your purpose will prevail. And Father, in the midst, Father, of, of, of all the violence and vitriol, God, we, we ask you for peace. Yes, Jesus. We ask you for peace, that the devices of men the plans of men for evil will not prosper. In the name of Jesus. They will not prosper in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless these United States and strengthen this union for your glory. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Listen, our announcer is coming. She's going to tell us.
uh, tell you a little bit about how to stay connected with Converge Church. Uh, we'd love for you to be a part of our virtual family. And uh, we have some resources we'd like to send to you. Uh, again, Cassie's coming shortly to tell you exactly how you can do that. God bless you. We'll see you right here next week for our series finale, Supreme Week 4. God bless you. If you were impacted by today's message, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear. Or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some information to help you kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at info at weareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com give. You can also text 77977, type in Converge Give and the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.